0: Good afternoon. I hope you've had a good day. Excellent, excellent. Again, thanks to all those people who made this so fantastic, who worked so hard all year long. I bet they're going to be at planning next year's starting tomorrow, maybe even this afternoon. So thanks, one and all. You know, it's kind of interesting. On one level, it's, it's, today's a feast day, the feast of the chair of St. Peter. And it's kind of festive. You heard me saying the glory of all of that. On the other hand, it's the feast day of a piece of furniture. When you think about it, the feast of the chair of St. Peter. And yet, it is an important day. It brings us back to that interaction between Jesus and Peter in Caesarea Philippi and Peter's great profession of faith. The chair of Peter, the Root, cathedra is the root of the word cathedral is basically that the chair was the place from which one taught And so it's the teaching of the Pope. It's our unity as the Roman Holy Catholic Church under the guidance of the protection of the, the Vicar of Christ, the successor to St. Peter that from that day in Caesarea Philippi until recently in Rome with Pope Francis. Throughout every age, every generation, Peter has proclaimed faithfully and boldly, you are the Christ. You are the Son of God. What we're celebrating not only is that piece of furniture, but the words which come forward from that all the time, the teachings. You are the Christ. Over the course of our history, in this chair of St. Peter, we've had some real saints and some real sinners. We know that. We know history. But every one of them, they continue to profess, this is the power of the Holy Spirit. Not that we've been perfect. The power of the Holy Spirit, the proof of the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church is not the perfection of the people who have served it along the way. It's that in spite of all of our sins and all of our weaknesses... The truth of Jesus Christ has been proclaimed from generation to generation. You are the Christ. Isn't that amazing when you really think about it, right? That's the amazing things. Even when we get in our own way, the Holy Spirit keeps that faith going and passes it on. So, I want to tell you a story, an experience. Before I was asked to serve as a bishop, before I was ordained an auxiliary bishop in 2012, I had been the pastor of St. Mary of the Isle Church, a small barrier island off of Long Island. So, I mean, you're talking an island off of an island, right? So this small barrier island right there in the Atlantic Ocean called Long Beach, all right? Small church on that island, over 100 years old. Actually, it was built ...by a Brooklyn priest who later became Cardinal Mundelein, the Archbishop Archbishop of Chicago. So, church was built around 1916. I was there as pastor for a couple of years, and I was ordained a bishop in July. And when I was there, I used to joke whenever the gospel would come up, you know that gospel where Jesus says... How the, about the wise man and the foolish man. The wise man built his house on solid and the rains came and the storms came and all cut, the winds blew, but the house remained strong, right? Now, then he would talk about the foolish man who built his house on... The rains came, the winds blew, but what happened this time? The house just got washed away, right? So I always used to joke when I was there. When we get to that passage, I'd say... You know, I don't know what this says for us living on sand. We are literally built our houses on sand. Well, I'll tell you something. When I was ordained in 2012, suddenly that wasn't funny anymore. It wasn't funny. It was about ten days after I moved. I moved in October. The middle of October, on October 29th. You've heard of Sandy, Hurricane Sandy. It destroyed that island in many, many ways. Many of the houses stood and had had to be either re- get all new uh, flooring and whatnot Some of the, many of the houses had to be raised up because they never dreamed of the level of flooding that occurred because of that storm people were out of their homes for months, even years it was terribly, terribly destructive the church itself, because it was all wood the day after the storm, it looked really nice it was cleaned up and everything was all in good order But it was all wood, and the salt water did its job. The whole thing had to be rebuilt little by little. One of the few buildings that really was unscathed was the parish hall. It was built of cinder block. And the floor, the walls, everything was cinder block. So that became a real center in the parish, in that area on Long Beach, that that hall. You see, the houses built on sand really took a beating. They really took a beating But we learned something through that whole experience Just an aside I had moved out 10 days before before that My friend, a friend of mine actually became the pastor I told him after that I said, look, I left the parish, everything was in fine shape (laughs) But you want to know something? Physically, their houses were built on sand. But the truth of the matter is, their houses were built on something far more sturdy. They were indeed built, that community was built on the faith, hope, and love in their relationship with God in Jesus Christ. You see, that parish hall was able to stand and it was divided into four quadrants. In one corner of the room, They made a makeshift chapel where they celebrated daily mass. On Sundays they cleared the whole thing out, but for daily mass, every day at noon, they used to have the mass in the morning, but they moved it to noon because nobody had power. They had to do everything in the best of the daylight. No heat. They couldn't put the power on in that city because it took a long time. Because It wasn't just a matter of repair. They literally had to go house to house to make sure it was safe to put the power on. So the chapel was right there in the one quadrant. On the other side, up in the front of the room, they used to serve food to the poor and to people who just needed to be some socialization. Well, everybody became poor that day. and So they would serve hot meals and care for people. In the back two quadrants there was a section of clothing that people were bringing from other parts of Long Island. And on the other side, these ready-to-eat meals and different kinds of food that people could take home with them and use even without the ability to cook. You see, they were built on something, something stronger. Today, we hear this exchange between Jesus and Peter. And Jesus says to Peter, who do, he says to the crowd, who do people say that I am? And they say, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, you know the story. Still others, John the Baptist or one of the uh, uh, prophets. And then he says, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks up. Peter is the one who says, you are the Christ. You are the Son of God. And Jesus says, I am building my house on your faith. Remember earlier I spoke about Solomon and the temple in all of its glory. Jesus found even a stronger and firmer foundation, didn't he? In that exchange with Peter. He built his house. Jesus built his house. On the rock of faith. On the rock of faith. Jesus continues to build his house. On that rock of faith as the church proclaims. Generation after generation, you are the Christ." And today we gather in union with Peter, the vicar of Christ, in churches all around the world to making that profession of faith. And here in Columbus, at the state fair grounds, some 3,000 men gather together to say, "You are the Christ, and to show one another that Jesus is the Christ. Here you and I are allowing Christ to build his house on the firm foundation of our faith. Peter was... I have to give Peter some credit. Peter had that pure heart that I was talking about early. He had that single-minded heart. Peter had his weaknesses, don't get me wrong. We know that, right? Peter sometimes couldn't get out of his own way. But he was firm in that faith. Single-minded in following Jesus Christ. And so it is... That the Lord speaks out to us as we seek to build up that faith in Jesus Christ in our own homes, in our own community. You are the Christ that makes all the difference in the world. Everything else we do as a church, the works of charity, the works of education, the works of sports and and socialization, all come back to helping one another to remember that central truth. Jesus Christ is the Lord. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. He lives forever. He walks among us. He's leading us to eternal glory. You are the Christ, the one sent by God. God has come to live among us and that makes all the difference in the world. Friends, we're doing, as as I said before, we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. We're all, I, I think, good people doing the best that we can, sometimes not under the easiest of circumstances, and certainly in a world that doesn't support what we teach and believe and want to pass on to the next generation. But like Peter and like those apostles, we stay at it. And like Peter has through every generation, we strive to remain faithful. We strive to hold on to that central truth of Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Messiah, the anointed one who is walking among us. We build our homes on our faith within him. And we strive to make him known and loved throughout the world. Because in a world that just struggles with so much darkness and so much despair... This world needs to know Jesus Christ, the Lord. Thank you for your witness here today. Thank you for what you're going to do as you go forth from here, building up your homes and building up our community and our church. Indeed, God has come to walk among us. You know... I'm going to start next week, this week, Ash Wednesday, right? I'm going to give you a preview of the Lent homily. You ready? The Ash Wednesday homily. There was a piece in the, actually, in the liturgy of the hours yesterday. Saint Augustine on the uh, letter of Saint John. Saint Augustine talks about. Imagine that you have the, the this container, a, a wine, uh, like a wine sack, right? He said, and to mo- imagine you want to pour some very good wine or maybe some honey or something like that something really good, something really delicious into the sack he says first you've got to stretch the sack so that you have a lot of, enough room to get it all in there you have to stretch a little bit, right? second thing he says you've got to empty it out whatever, what you, whatever was in there, the sour wine, the old stuff you've got to empty it, right? and third, you've got to clean it out you really have to scour it, don't you? right? You really have to scour it inside and out. Otherwise, that sour wine that used to be in there is going to stink up the new stuff when you put it in, right? So, three things. Scour it and clean it. Empty it out and stretch it so that you can gain enough of what, what you want to put in there. The good wine or the good honey. Now, imagine. Imagine what God wants to pour into your heart and into your soul this Lent. Imagine the grace that God just wants to pour into your life. And you have a start on that right here today. Imagine that we, we, we need, that God is going to fill us up. But what do we need to do? We need to pour out the old stuff, right? We've got to clean out the old stuff that, so that doesn't stink everything else up. And we've got to stretch ourselves. Prayer, fasting, works of mercy. Friends, this is the encounter with Jesus Christ. This is the encounter with Jesus Christ. He wants to pour that grace into us. He wants to pour it. He wants to fill us up. And he's done so much for us even today in these encounters with one another. So I encourage you, listen to the the exchange between Jesus and Peter and let the Lord do that work. Let let him empty us of the stuff that holds us back. Let him clean us out within and and let him stretch us Prayer, fasting, works of mercy. Once again, thank you for being here. May God bless each and every one of you. Gracias a nuestros hermanos que hablan español. Una vez más quiero darle gracias por su presencia aquí hoy en día. Y celebramos hoy esta fiesta de San Pedro. Y su proclamación en la fe. Tú, Jesús, tú eres el Cristo. Tú eres el Mesías. Gracias a Dios por la fe de San Pedro, pero gracias a Dios por la fe que el Señor nos da hoy y siempre. Amén.